0: Good morning and welcome to City Hope Church. Today, Pastor Caleb Jones will be bringing the word with a sermon titled, Getting Your Hands Dirty for God. Thank you, Beck. Well, good morning. To be honest, I woke up this morning with a shocking headache and I didn't feel like preaching um, at all. Um, But coming here and being in the presence of God, I feel like preaching now. Uh, um, this morning, um, so over the last couple of weeks, we um, as a church have been doing a series on others and um, others in influence. And um, over the last couple of weeks, I've been putting this message together. And 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 normally, I like to bring a a kind of a and like an encouraging word, a word that you know you know, and and you leave feeling like you're Superman, you know, well, I do anyway, you know, you feel excited about life, but um, this morning, I I don't know if it's going to be that much of an encouraging, it's going to be a bit more of a serious word for you this morning, and it's a word that um, in my private time with God, and when I've been praying and uh, fasting, um, he has convicted me, and he has spoken to me about this uh, message this morning, and so it's a serious message, and so I'm warning you. Okay, so just be prepared. Um, but when I was when I was growing up, and when I was young, and in my teenage years, I I de- like looking back now, I can see. But I developed a, a very serious obsession, and it was a it was a pretty big obsession. And many people would 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 either uh, say it's an okay obsession, and then people would say it was not a good obsession, but I developed this obsession throughout my teenage years where I was really passionate about washing my hands, and anywhere I went, I wanted to wash my hands, um, and if there was a choice to wash or not to wash, it would be always to wash, and um, even now, my, 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 fa- my family, my friends, my wife always make comments about me washing my hands. They go, are you serious? You're doing it again? And you know, we, I would go, you know, like in the shopping mall. I I, you know, I won't be going to the bathroom. I just be washing my hands. You know, I just. I, but it's not because of a germ or a germ. What's the germaphobe? Or I'm not scared of germs. I just like the feeling of having clean hands. And I, I just like that feeling. And I used to really enjoy it. And I've gotten better. I, I have. Um, I used to wash my hands a lot when I was going through my teenage years. Um, but I've gotten better. Um, but the other day, I was I was in the shops and I was I was at a sink and I was washing my hands and I, I I had a moment with God at the sink and and I was I was washing my hands and there was soap and there's paper towel and everything's there, and funnily enough, the night before we had a meal with a friend of mine named Josh and he has just returned from a country called Nyambar, Ni- I believe, and he. He, he made this statement and he said, the, one of the main things Australians take for granted is water out of a tap. And I thought that is, that, is, that is a profound statement and something that I've never actually really thought about before. But I was standing there and I was washing my hands and I was, and I was just, and, and I had a moment. and I thought about that statement and I was washing my hands and I was thinking of the soap and, the, and I was thinking about how in Australia we don't even think about it you know we will be thinking about it if it wasn't coming out but 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 we just expect water to come out when we go and wash our hands and we just expect soap and we expect paper towel and and if there's no soap we you know I tell the world about it I you know come out and go Chantel, you could there was no soap in the bathroom you know and and but we just expect it and and there are, there are many people around the world that don't have that facility and 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 I was just thinking about all this and I was and I was praying and and I just I was thanking God in that moment and and the Holy Spirit, He reminded me. I, I believe it was the Holy Spirit because, you know, it, it was a very unusual story to be reminded of. But but it was it was in the peak of my hand washing obsession when I was young and when I was growing up. And He reminded me of the story where I, I found myself unable to wash my hands. And I was 18, and I was on my second trip. I was in a country called Latvia, and I was on a mission trip. And and the church had a program called the Feeding the Poor program, and it consisted of a, of a group of people, and we would uh, gather together, and we would go to the grocery shop, and we would buy groceries, and then we would go to uh, people's houses, and we would meet with them, and we would, you know, talk with them, we would do communion, we would pray with them, and then, you know, you know we'll leave, and we would, we would sort of bless them, and we would, in one way, bring the church service to the people, because in Latvia, the severe coldness and the weather conditions caused a lot of the church members not able, especially like the elderly, they, they weren't able to get to church on the morning because of the severe weather conditions and the coldness. And, and it's free, it's, it is quite cold. It's freezing over there. And Chantelle has experienced, I, I took her over there in winter and she knows what it's like and it's freezing. And, and uh, we, so we would bring the church service to the people Anyway, it was about uh, two or three in the day, and um, uh, visits in the day, and it's about like ten o'clock, mid morning. And I started to realize I hadn't washed my hands all, all morning. And looking back, it's really, it's really embarrassing, and it's really pathetic, and it's and it's it's something that I'm embarrassed to say. But my mind got off the whole amazing thing of helping people, and more on the fact that my hands were dirty. And it was, and and about midday, I started to really panic, thinking. I haven't washed my hands all day, and so and you know we have biscuits and we have coffee and stuff, and we're eating. So we didn't stop for lunch, and we just kept going and visit after visit. And you know we get towards the end of the day, and I'm I'm thinking, how can I wash my hands? And you know you can't just knock on the door and go, hi, can I wash my hands? You know it, it it doesn't work like that. And and so I'm thinking, I'm looking at the fuel gauge, and the fuel's full, and it's the only time it's full. And I'm thinking to myself, ah. Oh, I can't even suggest let's stop and get fuel, and I'll have a sneaky wash, you know, in the bath. It, it, it didn't, it didn't line up. And by the end of the day, my hands were filthy. And the other day, when I was remembering this story, I, I, I thought to myself this thought that when you are helping someone, when you are helping someone, I'm, I'm playing on the story a little bit. When you're helping someone, it doesn't take you long to realize that your hands become dirty. Your hands become dirty when you're helping someone. And this morning, the title of this message, I guess, is I want to talk to you on the unclean hands of Jesus, the unclean hands of Jesus. And uh, I'm basing the whole sermon off uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. And so we'll we'll get into it. But before we get into the word, I, I just want to pray. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I come to you this morning as the speaker and as the preacher. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you anoint me to bring your word. Lord, I, I, I surrender to you my notes and everything that I've prepared, and I ask you that your anointing will be all around it. Lord, I thank you that your word declares that we're two or more gathered than so are you, and that you're in this place right now. Lord, I pray that you uh, open every eye, you open every heart to receive your word this morning. Lord, that we will leave knowing who we are in you, knowing, Lord, that you came to save us, to redeem us, Lord, that we will grow in you this morning. Bless each and every one of us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Good Samaritan is a very famous story, and um, we're not going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to paraphrase it for you. The Good Samaritan and Jesus, the Bible said, was confronted with a question. And the question was, how do we inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, what does the law say? And the man replies, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, yes, that is good. Go and do that. And then the the man asked another question, and he said, but who is my neighbor? And then Jesus, without just telling him, oh, that person is, or that person is, he he didn't give a direct answer, but he launches into this huge story of how a man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And along the way, he fell among the thieves and the thieves, uh, in a nutshell, left him half dead. The Bible said, and he was wounded. He was abused. He was beaten, and he was laying there on the side of the road, dying. And the Bible said, oh, yeah, sorry, Jesus was saying, and he said that the priest was walking past, and a priest walked past, and he, and he, and he didn't even really he noticed him, but he didn't stop. He just kept on walking, and he kept on walking, and. Um, And he just kept on walking and then we read that that a levite approached the scene and we go from a priest who was like the uh uh, like a politicians at that time who was the the high-ranking uh individual in the community to a levite which commentaries say that that a levite was in especially in the story was just representing like a common man a common man approaches the scene And the common man approaches the scene and the Bible says that he came up and he looked at the person. He actually looked at the person who was wounded. And then he decided to not get involved for whatever reason and turn away and keep on walking and leaving the man there half dead. But he looked at him. He looked at him. And then we read that a Samaritan was coming along. And I'm going to read this part. The Bible says that a certain Samaritan... In in, uh, 33, verse 33, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, brought him to the inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave him to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which, Jesus says, so which of these three do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And the person replied, the one who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, yes, go and do likewise. I thought about the priest, And just, just a heads up, this, this, this message is going to kind of go backward and forward a little bit. Okay, so I thought about the priest. Now the priest, the Bible said, came in the scene. And as he came in the scene, he didn't notice uh, he noticed, sorry, the the person that was half dead on the side of the road, but he didn't stop to look and he just kept on walking. He, 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 it was like he just walked on past. And it's, it's by doing so, I just want to say, by doing so, he decided not to get involved and to keep his hands clean. He kept his hands clean. And we're not exactly sure why, Jesus didn't give us any further uh, uh, details as to why he decided to keep on walking. But there is one thing we do know that that the Bible says in Leviticus, Moses was with God on the mountain and he came off the mountain and he came down and he said these things. God spoke to him and said that you tell the priest not to have anything to do with dead corpses. And it even goes on to say you're not allowed to touch them or have anything to do with them to stay away. If you are a priest, you were you told by God not to have anything to do with dead corpses. So one, one um, idea is that the priest thought he was dead and didn't, and didn't get involved. Maybe he noticed he was alive and thought he would die in his care, so he didn't get involved. But whatever the reason is, he was bound by the law and he kept on walking past. He was bound by the law and he kept on walking past. And by doing so... <laughs> keeping his hands clean. And then I thought about the Levite, the Levite that, that, that came to the man that needed a saviour. He was needing a saviour and this man approaches the scene and he looks at the man needing a saviour and he decides, I'm not getting involved. And he turns around and he walks off. And the Bible says he walks on the other side. And by doing so, keeping his hands clean and then we read a Samaritan approaches and he sees brokenness and he sees pain and he sees hurt laying on the side and without even blinking he gets involved and he helps that person and he um, takes that person under his care and by doing so he gets his hands dirty and it's interesting to me and there's something in this that I've never seen before and in the last couple of weeks, I've been studying it and I've been looking at the commentaries and I've been looking at the, you know, you know, all the different meanings of the words and, 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 and at that time and that context, and I've, seen, and I've noticed something that I've never seen before. And Jesus mentions that a Samaritan was the one that showed compassion on the person that was in need. It was a Samaritan. And that's fascinating to me. It was a Samaritan because many commentaries suggest that, that the reason Jesus used a Samaritan was because the Samaritans were hated at that time by the Jews or by the Pharisees. They were hated by them. The Pharisees and the Jews hated Samaritans. That's, that's important. The Pharisees, viewed, the Pharisees viewed Samaritans as heretics, as schematics, as idolaters, as men who are self-excommunicated, with whom no man should fellowship. They hated the Samaritans. And it's fascinating to me that Jesus decides to use a Samaritan in this story. And it was like I was reading this story, and, and it was like Jesus was trying to illustrate something to the people that were standing there or around. It was like he was trying to show, show them something with this story. And I thought about the scenario when Chantel and I, we, we, we go to the movies, and we, 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 we love the movies, and, and we go to the movies and we see the list of movies that are playing, and and the movies are playing then and there. they are showing. We don't we don't go to the movies and then wait for the coming soon ones. we, we go to the movies and we, and we want to see a movie. And so we go to the movies and we see, and, we, and we look at the list of movies that are playing then and there. But before we go into the theater we look at the trailer because we want to know what the movie is about and believe we've, we've walked in the, tra- in the movies before without looking at the trailer and it's been really bad. So we, we always, there's a rule in our relationship, we look at the trailer. And so we, 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 we watch the trailer, and the trailer, as we all would know, gives a very small three-minute uh, segment, and it tells you the emotions of the movie, it tells you the gist of the movie, and it tells you, without giving away the big the big things, it tells you the movie, the, the, the idea of the movie, the, 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 you know, the movie. It tells you, it gives you a snippet, of the movie. And it was like Jesus was giving a preview or a trailer of the big picture, the big thing that was happening in the world then and there. He was playing a movie. It was like like a trailer, sorry. The Samaritans were hated by the Pharisees. They were hated by them. And in the later part, this is it, in the later part of Jesus's ministry, he himself became hated by the Pharisees, by the Jews. The Jews hated him. To the point, I might add, that it was them that cried out, crucify him. His blood be on us and his blood be on our children. It was the Jews, it was the Pharisees that hated Jesus and wanted him dead. And then even further, in the book of John, the Pharisees actually viewed Jesus as a Samaritan. They were, they, were, they, were, they were mixed up and they viewed him as a Samaritan and they questioned him. And you know, are you a Samaritan? It was like they viewed him as a heretic. They they hated him. They hated him. But it was like Jesus was playing a preview to the people that were standing there. In so many ways, it was like he pulled out his little iPhone. If he lived in this day and age, he pulled out his iPhone and he put on a a, a, a preview of the big picture and the big movie that was playing at that time. And it's like God was standing up in heaven, and He looked down from heaven, and He noticed brokenness all around. He noticed uh, the very thing He hated, which was sin, and the very thing He loved, which was man. And the wrongdoing and the evilness of man spread throughout the world, and the law was not fulfilling it. It was not. It was not fulfilling. And like, sorry, the Roman, Sorry, in the book of Romans, the law. The law. Romans says that the law was strong. But the flesh was weak. The law was strong, but the flesh was weak. And so God sent his son in the flesh as a sin offering so that now we can live righteously through the Spirit, free from sin. He did not; The Bible says he did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill it because God loved this world so much, he gave his only son. And it was like Jesus was trying to illustrate to the people his main ministry, his main objective on the world. That our God, that 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 He is not a God for for the holy, but 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 He is a God of the broken. He is a God of the ones that are in pain. He is a God of the ones that are suffering. The ones that are in need. Of the ones that are hurting. It was like Jesus was trying to illustrate in this story that that the God we serve isn't so holy and so righteous that looks down His nose at us, but but He's a God after the broken. He's a God after his, he, he has a heart after the broken and we read when Jesus launched his ministry that the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus says, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. He has set at liberty those who are oppressed. And it was like he was saying through this story in so many words that he wasn't afraid of getting his hands dirty. When he saw brokenness, see, when the priest came and and noticed the brokenness and noticed pain he decided that he wasn't getting his hands dirty when the levite which represents the man came and noticed brokenness and noticed pain the man decided i'm not getting my hands dirty but when the when when jesus came and noticed brokenness and noticed pain he decided i'm getting my hands dirty i'm getting my hands dirty for i came the bible said he came to seek and to save the lost he came to seek and to save the lost, and it was here in this story that my mind just began to 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 explode. Like uh, in this preparation, when I was preparing this message, I, I, I begin to think of of all the stories in the Bible where we see, um, you know, the man who had leprosy, and he came to Jesus, and he, he was presented with Jesus, and the Bible said that Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man with leprosy, and in that moment, that man with leprosy became whole again and healed, and everyone marvelled and everyone was amazed and that man with leprosy was healed in that moment. But Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. And I thought about how there was a man who was blind and he was blind from birth to to, to adulthood and he was presented before Jesus. And Without Jesus saying anything, the next thing you read is he's on the ground spitting in the dirt and he's putting his fingers in the dirt and then he's gathering up a scoop of mud and he's smearing it in the man's face and then bam, he can see and the and the crowd goes bananas and everyone's excited because he was blind but now he sees. But yet we quickly and easily forget the state of Jesus' hands. His hands would have been filthy. His hands would have been muddy and dirty. And then I thought to myself, The woman who was caught in adultery. And I've spoken about this woman here before, but but this woman who was caught in adultery in the very act, and they presented her to Jesus, and they said, What should we do? And without Jesus saying anything, he scoops down on the ground, the Bible says, and he puts his hands in the dirt, and then he gets up again and and then he says a couple things, but then the Bible says he gets back down on the ground and he puts his hands in the dirt. And maybe it was to, as I said before, illustrate to that woman who felt so dirty and so low and so ashamed and so condemned condemned and embarrassed she was barely clothed the bible says she, she she was so so ashamed maybe it was to illustrate to that woman that we serve a god that is not so holy not, not so righteous who who doesn't look down his nose at her but we serve a god that got down on his knees and touched dirt maybe it was to show that woman that that the that the, that the, that the savior of the world is willing to get down and touch dirt for her to pick her back up again I'm so thankful that, that the God we serve didn't come down from heaven and get inspired by the priest and get inspired by the Levite. No, but I'm so thankful that, that, that the God we serve, when He saw brokenness and when He saw pain and when He saw suffering, the Bible said He had compassion and He came running and He said, let me help you, let me heal you, let me restore you, let me make you whole again. We serve a God that came running at the side of brokenness. He's not ashamed of getting his hands dirty. Oh, I remember when in my life, when I surrendered my life to him and he touched me and he took my pain, he took my shame, he took my brokenness from me and he said, Caleb, you are whole again, you are new again. And And if he could do it for me, he can do it for you. We serve a God who's not ashamed of getting his hands dirty hallelujah the priest represented the law the priest represented the law and the priest approaches the scene doesn't even acknowledge him he just keeps on walking and I thought about how when the law when the law failed you when the law failed he got his hands dirty When the law rejected, when the law isolated because of of sin and immorality and uncleanness, when the law separated, he got his hands dirty. When the law bound you, he got his hands dirty. When the law tried to stop you and hold you back from a holy God, he got his hands dirty. He got his hands dirty. Why? Because he came. He had compassion and he loved you. He loved me. When the law couldn't save you. The man needed a savior. And when the law couldn't save you, the priest was bound. He was held back by the traditions and the rituals and he he, he couldn't break them. And when the law couldn't do it for you and save you, he got his hands dirty and saved you. He saved you and he saved me. He saved me. When the law couldn't fulfill it, he fulfilled the law. He fulfilled it. And the Levite, the Levite represents man. Man. And this is a this is a serious, a serious part in the story. Because it wasn't as though the man just walked on past. The man actually came up and looked. And it was like he looked at brokenness and he looked at shame and he looked at at, at pain and hurt and then decided. I'm not getting my hands dirty. I'm not getting involved. And he turned away from the person that was in need of a Savior. And what I want to say this morning is, if you've ever had in your life people that have walked away from you, loved ones that have walked away from you, family that have walked away from you, and most of the time it's in the moment when you need them the most, he needed a Savior, but yet people walk away from you. Your your pet even walks away from you. You know, people walk away from you. (laughs) But yet, the Bible says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I got my hands dirty for you. I got my hands dirty for you. When man couldn't do it for you, I did it for you. I got my hands dirty. I saved you when man couldn't save you. Hallelujah. We just need to take a a couple of seconds and just give God some praise here. If you believe that he is the Savior, if you believe it, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. And here is the part of the sermon that, that, that is so serious to me that I was praying a couple of weeks ago, and my voice has gone really weird. I was praying a couple of weeks ago, and the Lord spoke to me. And he said to me so clearly, I was was listening to worship music, and I was praying, and he said to me, too many people have clean hands. Too many people have clean hands. And it convicted me. They're too busy. They're too occupied with their lives. They're too focused on themselves. And they're too selfish. It convicted me. And I, I stood there and I begin to weep and cry and and, and I thought to myself and, and over the times where I've been selfish and I've had clean hands and I've been focused in a, you know when I've been focused on me and me alone and and, and, and my me, my flesh. And thank you. And it's like I you know, there will be times where I've been walking on the wrong side of the road. Well, I haven't been paying attention to the ones that are in need. Well, I haven't been paying I've just been focused on my life, and I begin to weep, and I, and I cried out to God. I said, I don't want to have clean hands. I don't want to have clean hands. I don't want to be walking on the wrong side of the road. And I, I was saying, God... Open my eyes to, to the suffering in this community. Open my eyes to the people that need me. Open my eyes to the pain, to the hurting, so that I can go. The ones that are lonely and not cared for, the ones that, 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 that don't have any answers, who, who, who desperately need to know that there is a God that loves them. There is a hope that is, that is above understanding. There is a peace. There is a joy. Help me. Help me be the one to know where these people are. The Bible says in John that he who is a Christian ought to walk as he walked. We ought to have dirty hands in this community. I'm so... thankful i attend a church and as beck was 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 going through the list of, of all the areas we're involved in i'm so thankful that we that we that, that, that i attend a church that is so focused on others in the community but we we ought to have a, a we we ought to walk the bible says as he walked he got his hands dirty not once did our god the savior of the world have clean hands have clean hands <clears throat> I just have some water. And there are people that need us. And they're not far from us. You don't have to go searching for them. Even now, I, I, I guarantee you, you can think of people in your life that need to know God's love for them. They're not far from us. They are lonely, they are hurting. They don't have any answers. You don't have to go far to find them. And I was wrestling with God about... I've seen this illustration before and I was wrestling, should I do this illustration? But I thought, no, I'm going to do it. <clears throat> I looked up. I'm sorry about my voice. It's really weird. <clears throat> <clears throat> there we go. Oh, no, didn't work. <clears throat> so this illustration... There's 28 candles here, and I looked at the Australian Bureau of Statistics, and under the Australian Bureau of Statistics, uh, the Australian Bureau of Statistics say that one person every three minutes and 19 seconds leaves this world and enters into eternity. Whether it's a lost eternity or a saved eternity, no no one will ever know, but every three minutes and 20 seconds, And so I have 28 candles because I did the math and I worked out that from the moment church start this morning till now, 28 people in Australia, this is the minimum, 28 people have left this world and entered into eternity. And I thought, I've got this this device here, a snuffer, and we're going to put them out. 28 people. 28 people, we don't know if they've entered into a, a saved eternity, we don't know if they've entered into a lost eternity, but 28 people, there goes a brother, a mother, a Buddhist, there goes, there goes, there goes a father, 28 people have entered into eternity. In the last since church started this morning. And here. And I thought of this illustration when God spoke to me. And I thought to myself, I don't ever want to have clean hands. I don't ever want to miss an opportunity in my life where I could influence someone to get to heaven. I told you this was a serious message. I'm going to ask the musicians to come back. The Bible says that love is not a choice. Love is not a choice. It is a commandment. Jesus said that I'm not, he, he, he said, I'm not giving you a, a suggestion. I'm not giving you a, 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 an idea. I'm not giving you an option. He said, it is a commandment to love one another as I have loved you. The Bible said, it is a commandment. And how do we love one another as he loved us? We do what he did and got his hands dirty. He got his hands dirty. And I heard a quote I'm going to end on. It says, I, I heard it, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes which through he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands. Yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes. Yours are the body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. He got his hands dirty. Ladies and gentlemen, he got his hands dirty. And, 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 and I, I thought to myself how, how, how we have to live our lives like he did. Amen. Amen we have to live our lives like he did. When he saw brokenness, when he saw pain, and when he saw hurt, he didn't turn away from it, but he ran to it. He ran to it. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, this morning as I've brought a serious word to this congregation, I pray, Lord, that you use it to speak to us. Lord, remind us again of what it's all about. That it's about, it's about eternity. It's about where we go when we leave this world. But I pray in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for when you saw brokenness in me and when you saw brokenness in us, that you didn't turn away from it, but you came running to us, that you saved us, you restored us, you made us whole again, you made us new again. I thank you for the price you paid when he hung high on that cross, when you died and you said, it is finished. I thank you, Lord Jesus, but Lord, I pray that as we leave here this morning, we'll leave here afresh in you. We'll leave here knowing that the Savior of the world lives in each and every one of us, that we're not ashamed, Lord, of you that we'll leave you knowing that you have a plan and you have a purpose for each and every one of us. Lord, I pray, open our eyes to see, open our hearts to feel. Lord, as we walk and as we do life, I pray for opportunities that we might be able to get our hands dirty. I pray, Lord, that you show us ways in which we can uh, extend an invitation to, to people so they can meet you. I pray, Lord, give us a heart for the lost again. Give us a heart for the broken again. Give us a heart, I pray, for the ones that need you again in Jesus' name. But I thank you, Lord, once again for what you did for us, that we can live now free from sin in Jesus' name, to be a represent, to be an ambassador of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this morning... Um, we're going to close soon um, and we're going to play a song but if you need prayer for anything in your life please come down the front, we have people here that would like to pray with you and stand with you and believe with you um, so we're going to play a song and if, if you need prayer, please come down in that song and we'll pray with you we'll stand with you, but we're going to close the service um, and um, and go and get some food and, go and, and and hopefully this morning turns from a, from a serious morning to a, to a happy morning because in Jesus, in Jesus, it is not defeated. In Jesus, death has death not won. In Jesus, there is victory. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Well, God bless you, church. God bless you. Thank you, music team. Hope you enjoyed that message. Have a blessed week.